Welcome to Musings on Faith, a podcast from St. George Episcopal Church in the Villages, Florida. This month, our, our podcast series is Getting to Know the Episcopal Church. I am Marianne DeSantis, a parishioner at St. George and your host. Today, I'm talking with the Reverend Beth Hall about the sacraments that are fundamental to the Episcopal faith. Reverend Beth was ordained to the priesthood in September 2020 and currently serves as assistant to the rector at St. George. Prior to her ordination, she served as a transitional deacon at St. George and did the necessary year of Anglican studies at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Both her father and grandfather were ministers, and she herself had been ordained and served as a minister in the United Methodist Church. She received her Master's of Divinity degree from Iliff School of Theology in Denver, Colorado. Reverend Beth, thank you for being here today. Our Anglican tradition recognizes sacraments as outward and visible signs of inward grace. According to the Book of Common Prayer, Holy Baptism and Holy Eucharist are, two, are the two great sacraments that Christ gave His Church. Reverend Beth, what do we need to understand about these sacraments, beginning with Holy Baptism? Episcopalians are people of the Book, the Book of Common Prayer. You did your homework. We are also people of the Word, the Word of God in Scripture. Even our liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer is steeped with Scripture. At the end of this podcast, I will give you information on where to access much of what we will cover today. Great! That will be very helpful to our listeners. Now, let's fill this definition of sacraments out a little more, and then I will talk about Holy Baptism. As you said, Marianne, sacraments are ordained, given to us by Christ. They are a sure means to receive grace, a grace that is unmerited, unearned. They are an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. We have two sacraments in the Episcopal Church, Holy Baptism and Holy Eucharist, or Holy Communion. We also have five sacramental rites, and they are confirmation, ordination, holy matrimony, reconciliation of a penitent, and unction. When I think of baptism, Marianne, I am reminded of Isaiah 43, with God speaking, I have called you by name, you are mine. Well, listen to that. I have called you, you are mine. God has been calling God's people into a right relationship, a covenant, God's covenant with Noah. And that was in Genesis and on. When God claims us, it is who we are truly called to be. It is in this love that God is claiming us that I want to begin our conversation on holy baptism. From the Gospel of Luke, we hear, and this is referring to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. That's from Luke. Before Jesus started his ministry, God the Father proclaims Jesus as his beloved son. We too, in our baptism, 
are claimed by God as God's own beloved children. Powerful, huh? Yes, it is. You see, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit always wants a right relationship with us. God searches for us, calls us. In our baptism, our part is saying yes to Christ, our Lord and Savior. Baptism is the sacrament where our triune God embraces us as children, God's children, and members of Christ's body, the church. Remember, sacraments are outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual grace given by Christ that we might have life in him and through him. It is an unmerited gift, a gift that is beyond our comprehension as to the breadth and the depth of God's love for us. It is grace, pardoned grace. It means that Jesus paid the price for us before we even existed. Whew. Because of that grace, we are redeemed into and members of Christ church and adopted heirs of the kingdom. In baptism, we are resurrected from sin to life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We die to sin and are born again in a new life in the Holy Spirit. This is historically seen vividly in adult immersion, where submersion represents death and being brought back up out of the water as new birth, new life in the Holy Spirit. In Luke's Gospel, after Jesus has been baptized, baptized and just before the voice from heaven proclaims Jesus as beloved Son, the Holy Spirit comes down as a dove. Our liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer proclaims that in baptism we are marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit. So, Reverend Beth, how does Scripture speak of our forgiveness as heirs of the kingdom, adopted children of God? Good question, Marianne. As children of God, God's love is never ending. We find this in Romans. For I, Paul, am convinced that neither death nor life, nor things present nor things to come, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our triune God's love for us is inseparable. God's promise is forever. Wow, that is really powerful. Yes, it is. So, Reverend Beth, what is the outward sign of baptism? Again, good question, Marianne. The outward sign is water. The very word baptism is from a Greek word meaning to immerse in water, to clean, to cleanse us from sin. From 1 Corinthians, we hear, washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit's guidance. Christian baptism symbolizes crossing over the waters to enter into membership of Christ's church. Baptism is a publicly witnessed by the community of faith who pledge with the parents and godparents or sponsors for infants and sponsors for adults of baptismal candidates to nurture the baptized 
in the Christian faith. Our history of Anglican baptismal liturgy is rich. It predates even early Jewish baptism. We practice immersion or pouring of the water, followed by the sign of the cross on the forehead, many times done with oil, which is blessed for that purpose. Please tell us about the Episcopal understanding of Holy Eucharist. In Holy Eucharist, our liturgy points to the very core of what we are about as Episcopalians. Holy Eucharist, as a sacrament, is a primary act by our triune God in Christian worship. That is huge. Holy Eucharist is the primary act by our triune God in Christian worship. The main focus is God's mighty acts in Christ. In Holy Eucharist, as a sacrament, we believe that in it we follow Christ's directive to remember his life, death, and resurrection. In the Eucharist, Christ is present to us by faith. The bread and wine are symbolic of Christ's body and blood shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. We are strengthened in our union with Christ Jesus, forgiven our sins, and given a foretaste of the eternal future with our triune God. We come as ones penitent of our sins, wanting a right relationship with God and our neighbor. It is under the parish priest's jurisdiction to deny this sacrament for reasons of riotous behavior and unpenitent heart. The unpenitent make amends of their life habits before being invited by the priest to partake of Holy Communion. We believe all baptized Christians who seek a right relationship with God and their neighbor are invited to the Lord's table. We say that every Sunday in our liturgy. Holy Scripture verifies Christ Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper. From Matthew's Gospel, while they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Our Anglican heritage strongly disagrees with transubstantiation. Can you tell me what exactly that is? It's a big word, transubstantiation. (laughs) It means that the bread and wine are actually turned into the body and blood of Christ. Our Anglican heritage, Marianne, strongly disagrees with that. We find that in Article 28, it states that it is not supported in Holy Scripture. And that is our belief. Yes, there is spiritual presence, but not actual changing of bread to the body of Christ and the wine to Christ's blood. What does the word Eucharist actually mean? 
Eucharist is from the Greek word eucharista, meaning thanksgiving. So to summarize and expand, we have two sacraments, Holy Baptism and Holy Eucharist. Holy Eucharist can be referred to as Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, the Divine Liturgy, to mention a few. We also have sacrificial rites, as we said earlier. They are confirmation, ordination, holy matrimony, reconciliation of a penitent, and unction. These developed through the Holy Spirit's guidance of the church and are means of grace, but they are not required or needed by all the people like the two sacraments are. For example, not all people will marry. What if our listeners want to review the Episcopal understanding of the sacraments and sacrificial rites? If persons listening now want to review what we have just covered on sacraments, let's start with our Book of Common Prayer. They can find the overall guides there. Sacraments is on page 857, Baptism 858, Holy Eucharist 859, Sacrificial rites starting 860. All is under the general heading for catechism or what is taught in confirmation. The articles I spoke about, the articles of religion, are found starting on page 867. Reverend Beth, what if uh, they just want to look up a term very quickly? There is an Episcopal dictionary online. Two ways to access it. First, type in Episcopal. Say you wanted to look up baptism. So you would go Episcopal-baptism and you'll find the definition. Another way is EpiscopalDictionary.org, O-R-G, and access the glossary and find the term. The third way is to get the online book that's affordable, or the paperback, I'll warn you it's expensive. The title is An Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, a User-Friendly Reference for Episcopalians by Robert Boak, B-O-A-K, Slocum, and Don S. Armentrout, A-R-M-E-N-T-R-O-U-T. Another dictionary is a Dictionary for Episcopalians, and it is by John N. Wall. Thank you, Reverend Beth. I hope our listeners find this information as enlightening as I have. Listeners, please send your questions and comments to musingsonfaith at gmail.com. We will answer via email or on our website. Thank you.